0: Welcome back to another episode of the Quantum Cast. I'm your host, Brian Keir of QuantiumResearch.co.uk. And in this episode, we will be looking at the restaurant business and what the current situation is like, giving some ideas of maybe how some firms can survive, what the ones that are winning in this situation are doing, and what the ones that are not. And then we will finish the episode by looking at the future of the restaurant business. So we ask ourselves what is in store? for restaurant businesses. Well, before we talk about all of that, I think it's important to try and understand how businesses kind of go about takeaways. And the reason I say this is because a lot of people think that restaurants have been able to thrive on the back of being closed and having a huge surge in orders for takeaways. Well, that is not always the case, and I'll explain why briefly. So when you're a restaurant, you deliver takeaway, you can do that by yourself, you can do it through a third party courier such as Uber Eats, Just Eat, etc. Or in international markets, Grubhub and such, and Postmates, DoorDash, all sorts of big names we can bring for the audience outside of the UK and in the US, particularly. But think about it this way when you're a restaurant, how would that third party that's doing the takeaway for you make any money if they didn't take any fees? Well they do take fees. Uber Eats, for example, takes as high as, I believe, a 30% commission rate. So if the menu size is £30, they take £10 off that. So the restaurant only gets £20, which is ridiculous. And I believe they take delivery fees too. In the restaurant space, the margin of most businesses for selling food and selling drinks as well in most establishments, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, is around a third, if not even lower so for a business to deliver through things like uber eat those avenues they're likely to lose money on those sales so whether they're having 50 percent more sales than the previous year the business isn't necessarily better off so we need to establish that from the beginning take away businesses of whom do it themselves if you deliver through your existing staff you're paying the staff the same rate of pay And they're delivering maybe a little bit of extra cost. Maybe you have to have a company car or they do it with their own car. You pay in petrol and a little bit of a higher rate. You're not giving up as high of a menu practice. But you may not have the infrastructure to put your menu up and take electronic orders online. Some websites do. The other day I was in the mood for some Indian takeout. And I noticed that they have their own website bit where you can order without having to use Just Eat and other places, which is great because not only do they save on the ongoing commissions that have to go to these third party places, but they're able to actually probably make a profit from those sales. But the problem is when people order, they'd have to order through that website. So if you've never heard of that brand, you'll never order it. The benefit of using places like Eat, these third party food delivery careers for businesses is a form of marketing. But the problem is during the whole COVID situation, I've learned this from a couple friends who have their own businesses in the space. They had issues because everybody was jumping on Just Eat. Everyone in the local area who couldn't have any restaurant practice open due to the whole COVID closure was forced to pay like a £600 sign up fee to Just Eat and, and Uber Eats and then pay them the ongoing costs and just take losses all with hopes of marketing to a long term audience. Why does this work? Well, if one person pays for a meal, orders the food, really likes it, and you've lost money on it, maybe you could go off Just Eat or Uber Eats and set your own platform up and, and there would be many sales in the future. Think about it. Someone spends 10, 15 pounds and really likes it, decides to have it every week, 52 weeks in the year. Imagine the amount of money you're making. You're Losing money on those £15 worth of sales, you could be making five, six pounds 600 700 even, maybe much more if they bring friends, tell their friends about it, bring family, have events. Before you know it, you're making a lot more money and that's a marketing cost. But to remain on Uber Eats, you need to have super high margins. You have to be like McDonald's or um, any other fast food outlet that is able to churn out product and still make money. In this case, a small local restaurant is losing out. So with the surge in online deliveries during the whole COVID situation, the closure, the shutdown in the UK, as an example, McDonald's and all these other fast food chains that were easily efficient and were equipped for high demand did well. But these local businesses didn't. And that's the problem. A lot of local business owners are struggling and employment in those areas will also struggle. You hear headlines about furlough schemes and A huge potential risk of mass unemployment across the UK, which is something that is serious at the current moment. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, has tried to set aside funds to help people such as young people acquire new skills and get themselves employment. The problem is the ONS, the Office of National Statistics, found the number of young people in the UK without a job rising by a hundred and fifty-six thousand people in the three months to july that is crazy for perspective young people always start working part-time jobs not all people but for example university students tend to like to work in part-time jobs so that they can save some money maybe put themselves through uni or start saving for their first opportunity to get on the property ladder you get a property only because you have an income otherwise you won't be able to borrow the money unless you've saved money from like a business or something but few people are in that situation so the majority of people have to work part-time jobs get themselves experience and then move up that ladder and this young people statistic i was talking about accounts for people aged between 16 and 24 and that they have had the biggest drop in employment compared with any other age group that we can mention It's worrying because the government had an 80% furlough scheme for the restaurant business, for example. You had, I believe it was three months long or so, I think three or four, somewhere around there. And you had the government covering 80% of a firm's employee costs. So a firm could have the same demand, be unaffected by the whole COVID crisis, the shutdown, and still be able to claim 80% of their staff costs so those firms would be well off hence why you see a divide you see for example tech companies are able to do something like that obviously within regulation but as this was a new policy you've seen a lot of businesses whether large or small taking advantage of the system that's designed to help businesses that are suffering you've seen people claim when they are unaffected in fact their business is better off this is a direct result of the shutdown and yet they can still claim or they have rather because of the furlough scheme i believe has ended they have claimed money for their staff costs so they are now able to improve their margins they may have vat relief stuff like that which is really frustrating for those small businesses that are suffering even with the government support at the current moment if you're self-employed you're in an even worse position if for example You're a new business and you don't have a year's worth of tax returns yet or employment records. It's very difficult to claim in that regard too. Before COVID-19, we had a struggling high street in general and that high street included restaurants within. But we'll forget about retail and we'll just focus on the restaurants. You'd had businesses such as Pizza Express having huge amounts of debt. And being unable to pay it off they constantly ran discounts of 50% off 50% off when the eat out to help out scheme came it was almost as if it was the same price as before <laughs> with some schemes that they have they always have these student discount deals and, and things like that but businesses that don't generally tend to discount would benefit because people will take advantage of that experience fall in love with the food and consistently go assuming that their funds permit but with pizza express prezzo all these other businesses in the uk that are in that food arena the dining arena where you have to go inside ordering is never really the same because why are you going to pay 24 pounds to order a pizza when you can buy one from iceland heat it up and even then there still is a difference in quality but the magnificent increase in what you'd be paying is what comes into perspective especially in an economy where unemployment is rising at the current moment and the people on the lower end of income bands are struggling those on the higher end not so much the disparity the income inequality is increasing so why would you when you can pay three four pounds for pizza maybe one pounds worth of energy costs and if you value your time half an hour of your time let's just say five pounds on top ten pounds Instead of paying £24 going outside, you had a 25% tip. What is the normal rate for tipping in the UK? In the US, it's kind of a part of the culture. If you don't tip, then all of a sudden there's this worry about your food being not the quality of which you desired. Because you didn't tip the next time you come back or service not being as great. I think that's ridiculous anyways. Because as a business, regardless or not, if someone is a problematic customer, you should give them respect. Because eventually, being kind to someone will induce kindness, trust me. What's the point of reacting negatively to someone who reacts negatively back to you? You're just going to make yourself upset for no reason. And in business, business is business, eh? You've got to be able to work with all sorts of people from different attitudes, different walks of life, with different perspectives. If you've ever heard of restaurant brands, they are a company that owns a couple subsidiaries. You've got Frankie and Benny's, Chiquito and a couple other businesses too now they're currently worth 300 million pounds that's their market cap at a share price of 50 pounds and 80 pence and this is being recorded for reference at 4 20 pm on the 15th of september 2020. now if i look back myself i remember the shares have been in an aggressive downtrend for many years this is because the overall arena is super competitive, super low margin, kind of like Carillion with the construction arena. They have super low margins and there is a difficulty to stand out without a lot of investment in marketing or prestigious reputation that can be ruined with one situation going wrong, one bad review or, or fake paid reviews online that can ruin the reputation of a business or just a business having the utmost quality from the beginning and people getting bored of the food a business failing to innovate kind of like Debenhams in the retail space but this is in the food space Chiquitos Frankie and Benny's were hype back in 2015 in fact the share price of the parent company restaurant group was at £5.23 a share so we're talking what a 10x difference a £3 billion market cap and in fact if you also adjust that for placings and dilution it's probably much higher because they've raised so many times. I mean, I, I think it's countless how many times that they have raised as a company. Restaurant Group PLC, ticker symbol, RTN, listed on the London Stock Exchange. Just for anybody wondering what the perspective of this situation is, the context. Well, the 52-week lows at 20 pence and the 52-week high is at 167. And imagine a classic downtrend where you can draw almost a straight line down, a couple bounces here and there. That is literally how their shares have performed over the past five years. £5.23 in October 2015, and now they are 50 pence. They were 20 pence on uh, the shutdown period when there was no governmental support. and People feared the worst, especially for a struggling business. What did they do? Raise money, and they have survived for a little bit longer. You see this across a lot of businesses in the restaurant space, but... Restaurant Group is just one example. Popular household names of Frankie and Benny's and Chiquito and such. With all the ongoing costs you have in a business in the restaurant space, it's very difficult to make a lot of money unless you're catching the next trend. I'm going to call the next big trend. In fact, I say this with a high degree of certainty, putting reputation on the line. I think that the new idea, the concept in the UK of bringing Vietnamese food, Vietnamese street food, through the brand pho or Fur, it's pho if anybody's heard of it well i'm not affiliated at all the brand doesn't have any affiliation with fur at all but i think it is something that the uk hasn't seen yet but it works with our tastes and i wouldn't be surprised if that could be a highly profitable business in the future margins in that area are super high and it is a new market people are going to eventually move on from their trends and find something that works to taste nice steaming hot pot or whatever really i just think it's a super cool concept what upsets me though as an investor is that i cannot have exposure to them they're actually owned by gresham house i believe if you've never heard of them before all you need to know is that they're a private equity firm so by buying exposure say if they were listed i don't believe they are but if they were then you also have exposure to all the other stuff they have and not solely this business which is unfortunate but i like the the look of it and i'm gonna put it out there before we move on (laughs) that i think this is going to be the next big thing assuming it weathers the covid storm so how can a business survive in this whole environment you've got individuals being less well off towards the overwhelming majority of the population as a result of the whole covid situation there are some winners But think of the majority of people who dine out at restaurants, go out casually to these small businesses, medium or large businesses, they don't have as much disposable income as they had previously. So how does a business survive through this pandemic and just the general trend that has been towards decline in the restaurant industry? Well, if people are earning less money, they want to save. They want to get options that give them a good amount of food, fill them up, and ultimately, Not break the bank. It seems time and time again, McDonald's is the type of business. Any other firm that can sell a burger for £1.99 or even 99 pence a cheeseburger around here, 99 pence. I live in central London myself now. I've moved to the city recently. And to get something for that price is crazy. You walk outside, you want to buy a bottle of water, you might be spending £1.52 just for A bottle of water (laughs) then you go and upgrade say if you're a a drinker then you're going to be spending tens of pounds in one sitting if you go to a club as a student or a uh, working individual in their 20s 30s or even older doesn't matter whatever you decide to do if you do that then the low end is what around 30 pounds the high end is upwards of 100 and there is that bracket that is super expensive and it just becomes unsustainable for individuals who aren't able to keep saving money, especially in this climate. If you go to your local cafe, you probably can have a burger for 7 or £8 around the area and get a drink on top, a couple sides or whatever. Before you know it, it's around £15 a head. In London, maybe a little bit more, especially in the central area. But in McDonald's, you can get a cheeseburger, get a little drink maybe or maybe just have a a can back home or something grab one from a a co-op or whatever and you've had a meal for two three pounds and yet the business is able to make money for some reason recurring revenue people don't just come there and pay 99 pence for one burger they will get that order they'll come with their family and pretty quickly your menu cost will come up to 20 30 pounds in a place like that three or four individuals having full meals what Five pounds a pop, four individuals coming in, four members in a casual family, you got 20 pounds. That is how these businesses make a lot of money. And they don't shift small volume, they shift large. They have takeouts completely, doing full cycles, 30 cars within, I don't know, an hour or something. And and each buyer is maybe paying, say, 15 pounds. What well, we've got, 450 pounds every cycle. Let's say if they do what? 30 cars in an hour that is a fair bit but let's just use that for the sake of comparison 15 pounds a pop that's 450 pounds a cycle you're open for eight hours not every hour is going to have that full 30 in a cycle but just think about that segment of the restaurant alone some of these places are open 24 7 with drive-throughs which is crazy but let's just say i don't know 10 hours just for the sake of comparison £450 a cycle, £4,500 for a small little spot. The cost of land is cheap. It's just absolutely amazing how these businesses can continue to grow and expand through a simple concept. And not only are they making money from that, they are also making money from people going in the restaurant. So when they had the shutdown, yes, they did close for a couple months, but it's not like the business is going under. (laughs) McDonald's is a business that is so cash generative it just doesn't make sense the only issue that they would probably have is the fact that they own a fair bit of property and maybe that depreciation shows us a loss but in the long term this kind of business is consistently holding up in the restaurant business or should we say they're not even in the restaurant business but if you ask anyone who's in the restaurant business their biggest fears include huge multinational companies competitors in this space such as mcdonald's because mcdonald's can compete with a restaurant but can also dominate the fast food space which is absolutely crazy so to summarize the ways to survive you have to be able to sell something in times of struggle at low prices shift the volume decent quality doesn't have to be the highest of quality if you are selling something at a high standard then you have to be having extremely high prices on it. Otherwise, you're not going to get that regular cycle, especially with economic hardship in 2008. If we go away from restaurants, we'll look at Lidl and Aldi. Those businesses have done extremely well during those periods of hardship. Why? Well, because people couldn't afford to go to your Waitrose, Marks and Spencers to do their daily shop. The overwhelming majority of individuals, working individuals or those that maybe were no longer working were unable to afford the expensive costs of higher end essential shopping so they would end up going to places like little and aldi and those businesses did well if you're listening to this thinking about buying little and aldi shares i feel your pain i wish i would love to be a long-term holder but hey it makes sense for the business to be private itself so to wrap up this episode of the Quantum cast before we move on we need to now look at the future what is in store for the restaurant business well at the moment the way things are going there is a threat of a second wave what would happen if we have a second wave of the coronavirus well assuming there is a shutdown you have restaurants losing revenue the government then has to cover these expenses for the furlough scheme and that's assuming they pay that furlough scheme why would they do this well to make sure that we don't have mass unemployment you see a lot of the time people work part-time jobs alongside more stable jobs to try and get some extra income you've got a lot of students these days doing deliveries on bikes with those big thermal boxes or whatever they call them with fewer restaurants around you have a lot of side effects let's think about it you have less people working on the first stage as waiters or delivery staff then if you go further you have fewer revenues for these businesses that are suppliers say suppliers of meat or other products that are used in creating the dishes on the menus at restaurants and then those suppliers aren't able to make money so then it goes to farmers especially for those firms of which get their stuff from domestic producers now the economy suffers from that employment reduces and thus unemployment increases you may have increased levels of stress amongst working individuals now what does that mean well they're probably going to be using services provided by the NHS, things like uh, medication and such. And if you're unable to work for health reasons, then you're not making money, which means you can't be spending money. The only way you can spend money is by receiving welfare from the government or using your savings and then eventually searching for a final option out there, which would probably be some form of governmental support through welfare benefits. Anything from Job Seekers Allowance to Universal Credit to Housing Allowances There are all sorts of things that uh, would be used. And that means that the government is spending a lot more money in this case. So the economy would just suffer. This is the real economy. We're going away from the stock market. But in the stock market, when businesses aren't able to make money, what happens? They delist. They go bust or they have huge rights issues, placings, and maybe survive a little bit longer in a dying market. Such as Debenhams, Mothercare, all sorts of businesses that we could talk about. But what is the future for the restaurant business? Well, we shall have to see. The eat out to help out scheme that the government had sponsored cost taxpayers about 500 million pounds. And if you haven't heard what this is, the government basically said, look, we will cut prices of all items on restaurant menus by 50% up to a maximum discount per person of 10 pounds. So if you're normally spending 20 pounds, you're paying 10 pounds. And... By cutting those prices, they subsidized. They gave the money to the restaurants. They'd just have to claim it back afterwards. So a business could double the amount of people coming in at no cost. It was essentially free advertising from the government. Imagine already making profit and eat out to help out the curves, And you make a lot more money. And the government just foots the bill. Or the taxpayer in this case. I would only expect the restaurant business to become more innovative. You'd start to see less staff in places waiting maybe electric robotic systems automated processes of which we see in places like tokyo and japan on the news or all across the world china stands out as one place as well where a lot of this technology is being put to use you can go into restaurants kind of like self-driving cars where you will not be served by a human the robot you'll type in what you order on an ipad and it will come to you Without the process of having to see anyone, or or the pressure of having to tip someone, those things completely are out of the picture. With the retail space as well, we've seen Amazon start with their little shops in the UK. London, I believe they went for a couple test trials in, where you walk in, you scan your phone, you grab what you want, and you go out. You don't even need to walk through the checkout till. You can just pay by walking out, and the whole automated algorithm will notice what you've taken out it's crazy ai is super powerful but uh, as far as traditional restaurants go margins must always remain high there has to be some form of third-party courier process that accounts for these really low margins so maybe a one-off cost that makes it profitable for these businesses and short yearly contracts or something i don't know but a 30 percent commission rate doesn't make sense if you have 50% all the growth, you're still losing money. What, what's the point of that with, with margins below 30%? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. So this has been a relatively long episode, but we've made sure to include as much detail as we can to help context about the situation of not only takeaways, but the restaurant business as a wider bit inside all of that. I've been your host, Ryan Kier of quantumresearch.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.